The podcaster sat down at her table, thinking. It was the end of the year. Tough time for people to release new stories. The burden of the holidays weighed down on everyone. There was never enough time. But if she wanted to be happy with her work, she had to be consistent. As her previous idea felt more lost to her, another one took shape, as if the looking glass focused in to lead her there. She could hear the sounds of the old gods of Asgard leading her down this new path. With a smile, she began to record. Welcome, agents of the Federal Bureau of Control, to the next episode of Circuit Court Entertainment. If you are a new hire, please be warned that we discuss how entertainment is affected by laws and history. I'm the lead of investigations, Mina. If you look down, you will have a mostly uncensored debriefing about who Alex Casey is and why the FBC are looking into him. Let's get started. Before I get into this, I want to note that the video game studio, Remedy Games, love to play around with mixed media and meta narratives. As a result of this, and either budget or creative decisions, some characters have the same actor for their face, live action sequences, and voice, while the characters have only one actor for their face and another for their voice. If only one person is credited, then they play both halves. Otherwise, I will note who is the live action face part and who is the voice. In addition, I will discuss Alan Wick 2, but everything in here, with the exception of one vaguely referenced Easter egg, was shown off in pre-release trailers and gameplay. Alan Wake 2, which released this year in October 2023, is the sequel to 2010's Alan Wake. The original story tells of a writer, Alan Wake, and his trip to Bright Falls, Washington. He intends to go for a vacation in order to help clear up his writer's block, but soon after wakes up a week later with amnesia, his wife missing, shadows trying to kill him, and scattered pages of a manuscript that not only does he not remember writing, but which often either predict the future or tell events from the point of view of people he can't have known. Its initial sales were not great, but it was hampered by the surrounding releases that month, such as Red Dead Redemption, Super Mario Galaxy 2, and Skate 3, and being only released on the Xbox 360, which limited its access to gamers of all stripes, especially gamers who were fans of a horror shooter with meta-elements like Alan Wake. Its sales started off slow at 145000 for the first two weeks, but the last reports in 2015 had the series sales at $4.2 million total for both the games and DLCs, according to Remedy. Polygon also reported sales of the original game by itself at $3.2 million. The sales uptick can easily be attributed to its PC port in 2012. Unfortunately, it was delisted in 2017 due to songs' rights issues, but was reinstated roughly 18 months later. It was nominated for a handful of awards, but only won Best Horror Game on the Xbox by IGN, a Reader's Choice Award for Best New IP, and Best European Video Game Score. To prepare new fans from Control, PlayStation fans, and anyone who will miss the game the first time, Remedy released Alan Wake Remastered in October 2021. Alan Wake Remastered uh, didn't sell as well as they hoped, only making its budget back in third quarter 2023, according to Remedy talking to shareholders. But Alan Wake 2 was just released late October, and while no sales numbers have been released, word of mouth is very strong, 
It has made its way onto various best of lists, and it won best narrative, game direction, and art direction at the Game Awards. And it's clearly something the fans have had a demand for too. As a result, the game series is a solid cult hit with healthy long-term sales. With that out of the way, why are we bringing up Alan Wake today? Early on in Alan Wake 2, the camera lingers on the face of a non-playable character named Alex Casey. He looks to be roughly middle-aged with dark blonde hair, a thin face, and blue eyes. He's an FBI agent and speaks in a deep voice in a halting manner, more like a noir detective than a modern FBI agent. And he sounds older than you would expect. He complains about how Alan Wake used his name as the lead in the gritty detective novels, ones that have matched up with his life in more than one occasion. Our playable character and co-lead, Saga Anderson, played by Melanie Leibert, teases him. How would Alan Wake know he exists? In one of the chapters where we play as Alan Wake, he arrives at a talk show. Alan's played by a Finnish actor named Ilka Vili and voiced by an American actor named Matthew Peretta. The host of the show goes by Mr. Dorr and is played by David Harewood. The other guest of the show is a man wearing the same face as Alex Casey, but who speaks in a distinct Finnish accent with a slightly higher-pitched voice. He, too, speaks deliberately, but it's clearly due to the accent rather than any genre conventions. He claims he is the actor for Alex Casey in movies based on Alan's books. The actor's name in the talk show is Sam Lake, and when a clip is played from the movie, the deeper voice from before echoes over shots of Sam Lake's face. After leaving the show, Alan runs into this man again in an alley, but this time he has the old voice back and is wearing what seems to be a leather jacket and a garish shirt, though the green lights of the area wash out these colors and textures. While not immediately spelled out, it soon becomes clear that this is the Alex Casey from Alan's books. In fact, for Alan to progress, he must create the stories that Alex Casey will investigate. This Alex Casey is a cop, one that works by himself and has been worn down by the city's unceasing corruption and debt, even as he keeps trying to stop it. So who is this man? Well, in-game, that's a whole other question. Outside of it, though, it's very obvious. The face model is indeed a man named Sam Lake. He's the writer and chief creative officer of Remedy Entertainment, the company that created Alan Wake. The voice is that of James McCaffrey, an American actor. Why were these two people cast as Alex Casey and got sort of three roles? Oh, well, that's today's story. In fact, it goes back to Remedy's second game and their first big hit, Max Payne. Max Payne was a third-person shooter with a noir feel released in 2001. It popularized bullet timing games, or when time slows down as your character shoots the gun so you can see the individual bullets. It's made famous by the Matrix. And it did astonishingly well, considering Remedy's previous game was a forgotten racer. Max Payne eventually sold 4 million copies in its initial run, and one of the first things people saw and heard when booting the game up was a deep voice talking about how they were all dead. While the camera zoomed in to the face of a dark, blonde-haired, and blue-eyed Finnish man wearing a leather jacket and a garish shirt. Yes, the Alex Casey from Alan's books, the one that Alan met in the alley, is Max Payne. So why not just call him that? And what does Sam Lake have to do with this besides creating the character? Well, Remini was a poor studio, so for Max Payne, the face models were people inside the studio and anyone they could get outside of it. In fact, the main villain is based on one of the developer's mom. 
and Sam Lank, for whatever reason, was cast to be the face and mocap actor for Max Payne, both for in-game movement, there is footage of him running and loading a gun to be used for animation checks, and in the cutscenes in-game that are displayed like comic book pages. He was replaced in the second and third games, but the first time we see Max, it leaves a large impression on what he looks like, partially due to an incongruous expression that I gave Max, because they didn't have a budget for animation, so he just wears one expression throughout the whole game, except for the previously referenced cutscenes, which are simply comic book panels, aka modified photos, with text boxes and voiceovers. After Max Payne was a huge success, Remedy probably wanted to make a sequel. They also wanted to keep building on their momentum, so two deals were made at that time. The first deal in 2002 was for a Max Payne movie, eventually released in 2008 by 20th Century Fox. While it did turn a profit, it's very bad. The other deal was for a few months later. According to the press release, Take-Two bought ownership of the Max Payne brand, characters, text such as bullet time, and various other related items for a total of $10 million and roughly 969,000 shares, according to their press release. In what appears to be a separate deal, they also paid $8 million to encourage a sequel to go forward. Max Payne 2 came out in 2003, and while widely praised, it sold very poorly, with no numbers given by Rockstar, just a note that it caused them to adjust their sales forecast downward. With that, Remini moved on to Alan Wake. When fans of Max Payne picked up Alan Wake, some eccentricities were noticed. Very early on, Alan meets a character named Thomas Zane. Zane is in a diving suit surrounded by light for reasons that are not immediately clear. What is clear is his voice. Zane is voiced by James McCaffrey. That isn't the only time we hear McCaffrey's voice, though. Part of the story of Alan Wake involves Alan collecting manuscript pages for a book he does not remember writing. When we get a flashback to a few years before the game proper, Alan can also pick up some manuscripts in his New York apartment. The manuscripts, based on his then-upcoming novel, contain two pages of Alex Casey narration, spoken by James McCaffrey, in Max Payne's style. The Alex Casey books have covers similar to Max Payne too, and you can find a gold dual Berettas, Max's favorite gun. With that, everyone knew that Alex Casey was just a veil over Max Payne. If you didn't, there is another flashback where Sam Lake is on a talk show and he is asked to do the face, as he does Max's mimetic face from the opening of Max Payne 1. Romney didn't immediately make a sequel. They wanted to, and the spin-off Alan Wake's American Nightmare reused assets from a planned sequel idea, but at that time, Remedy still had a publishing contract with Microsoft. And since Alan Wake was still in its poor sales point, and Microsoft owned everything made by Remedy for this period of time, they demanded a new IP. While Alan Wake was eventually returned to Remedy in 2019, this next game is still in legal limbo. In 2016, Remedy's next game, Quantum Break, was released. Early on in the game, the lead Jack Joyce, played by Sean Ashmore, can find a TV. As an Easter egg, there is a live-action commercial you can find. It has what seems to be a real pitch commercial slash tease for Alan Wake. In it, Sam Lake appears again, this time as an FBI agent whose name, if you look closely, is listed as Alex Casey. His partner is clearly a prototype of Saga Anderson. Three years later in 2019, Control, the next Remedy game, was released. In the main game, 
interspersed with a handful of Alan Wake Easter eggs, there is only one reference to Alex Casey. One of the Federal Bureau of Control, FBC, agents complains that due to the game's plot, they are also missing the newest Alex Casey flick. But the next reference, while hidden, is much more important. In the AWE expansion, our lead, Jesse Faden, can find a document. The document is only a few sentences long, but has an FBC agent report that an FBI agent named Alex Casey came asking about Alan Wake. Alex Casey is a reasonable enough name for an FBI agent to have. And yet, what are the odds? Remedy has pulled this trick of hidden names yet again in Alan Wake 2. With Quantum Break still tied up by Microsoft, Sean Ashmore in Alan Wake 2 plays a new character, Tim Breaker. In conversations and items around him, Tim Breaker will talk about how he feels a connection to two other characters. One is Mr. Dorr, mentioned in Control, and who appears to be a stand-in for Quantum Break's Martin Hatch, who was played by the late Lance Reddick. The other is a note about a young woman with red hair. A description that matches Control's Jesse Faden and Quantum Break's Beth Wilder. Both are played by Courtney Hope. Legally, this is a lot of fun. Alex Casey and Max Payne are different characters. Even the dark place Alex Casey, who is intended to be Max, is different too. And this legal control by Take-Two and Microsoft has led to all the games to be stronger. Seeing Max Payne instead of each version of Alex Casey may have been fun, but it wouldn't have been as interesting from a writing perspective. Alex Casey, and also Tim Breaker and Mr. Dorr, though to a different extent, are forced partially by legal issues to separate themselves from their versions of Max Payne, Jack Joyce, and Martin Hatch. Alex has a new job, and while Grumpy isn't as world-weary or hot-headed as Max, Tim Breaker is a cousin of an Alan Wake 1 character and, and lacks Jack Joyce's special abilities. Mr. Dorr, well, that gets into spoilers. But by forcing these changes, we get new characters who echo the old ones, and seeing these echoes overlap and interact has led to a stronger storytelling and meta-commentary by Remedy. Thank you for listening to Circuit Court Entertainment. If you found this episode interesting, please tell others as this is a new podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review on all the major podcast services, and you can find me on Twitter at ccepod. This episode was written, edited, and recorded by me, Mina. Alan Wake voiceover was provided by Patrick. The script was edited by C.J. Peterson. Podcast art by Empress Cirque on Twitter. Thank you for your time, and hope to hear from you soon. Bye!